You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. This is your editor and host, Michael J. Litchens here. With a familiar voice, this is Mr. Sam Guzman, the Catholic gentleman himself, or I should say the editor of the Catholic gentleman, not the platonic ideal of Catholic gentleman, though he's very close to that. <laughs> but Sam is a great guy. He's been on this podcast before. He should be familiar. He's a very familiar face at CatholicExchange.com and a good friend of the site. And with that, Sam, thank you very much for joining us and welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. Oh, uh, today we're talking about the Benedict option. This has become a very popular thing right now in certain Catholic circles. I'm sure many of our listeners and readers will hear about it and wondering what's going on. Why are people talking about becoming Benedictine monks with a father and three children? I'm talking not necessarily about Rodriguez Benedict option, but this idea of withdrawing from community, of building intentional communities, rather. Not necessarily withdrawing from society, but building intentional communities for children to thrive in, for your faith to be there, and for you to be able to help and support one another. I'm a huge fan of this idea, but I like people who are actually living it, and that's what Sam is. He's actually down in Clear Creek Abbey in Oklahoma. If you ever want to listen to some beautiful Byzantine chant, Clear Creek's the place to go. But Sam, can you tell us a little bit, what's the community at Clear Creek Abbey right now? Well, there's a number of people from uh, all different walks of life, um, all different family sizes. Uh, there's single people here, married people, people with uh, 12 kids, people with one kid. So it's it's a real it's a real mix, um, but it's uh, it's a great community. I mean, there, there's a there's I would say maybe 40 families, 40 or 50 families, wow. somewhere in there, um, in the uh, that have kind of moved here over the years and. It's funny, we use the term intentional community, but I'm not sure anyone really set out to say, <laughs> let's build a community around the Abbey. It just kind of organically happened. People mm. heard about the work of the monks and they were they were really drawn to uh, what was there. And so they just started moving here, man, man, many of them, um, you know, 10 years ago, right when the monks were just getting started. In fact, well, there's one family here who actually moved here before the monks because they heard they were going to be coming here. So they just said, oh, if there's going to be an, a, a monastery here, we want to be near it. So they moved uh, even before the monks even got settled. So uh, there's a really great group of people here uh, mm -hmm. committed to kind of a, a different way of life, um, a, a way of life that's centered around the faith, centered around uh, the worship um, of the Abbey, the liturgical life. Um, and so everybody's different. You know, you can't yeah. pigeonhole this community and say that, that um, you know everyone fits a certain mold, so it's a, it's a great variety of people here, um, and uh, it's, it, but it's I've been really enjoying getting to know uh, all the different um, individuals and families in the area, and uh, we've really they've really been super wel welcoming and very generous to to us as we've gotten settled. Okay, very interesting. I've seen some of that play out at. Uh, Massachusetts, there's a place called the St. Benedict Center, which has a Benedictine monastery attached to it. And it's funny, you were talking about intentional, but not really. And that's exactly how that community was. The monks were there. It was a place well-known in Catholic circles, uh, largely due to Father Feeney, but for many other people as well. And 
people just started moving to this random place in rural Massachusetts and living near the monks. There was a great charism to them. I love all of them. And it's funny, but no one actually set up a, like a 10-point plan for how they're going to build a Catholic community around a monastery. It just sort of <laughs> happened, and then everyone used the word intentional community, and the monks were saying, we didn't tell you to do anything. You guys just showed up. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, sometimes it's better that way. You know, oh, yeah. When you, when you get too structured about it and too rigid about it, and you start saying, you know, this is the way it's going to be, it's really hard to maintain. Um, you know, looking back at America's own history, you know, you look at the Puritans, and they, if they, if you want to use the word, they were trying to form an intentional community. Very good, intentional. Uh, and perfect <laughs> community, and it broke down. Yes, right, and it broke down pretty quickly, um, and, and, it's, and so I think there's something to be said for that organic development where you have people who share the same values, um, but there's nobody trying to control things. It just kind of yes. happens in a, in, a, in a kind of providential way, and I think that's a really beautiful thing. Oh, I think it's very beautiful, and it's something I've been keeping my eye out, as I said, as somebody who reads a lot of Chesterton, Belloc, and all those guys. I've always wondered, like, well, how do we build this, and where do we build it, but... Uh, the overly structurization of some places. When I was a Protestant, I saw that a lot of people try to build intentional communities and they decided to make it so structured that, you know, they even monitor what you would watch on TV. So, of course, inevitably right. that leads to abuse where it sounds like you guys don't really have that problem per se. No, uh, definitely not. I mean, and I think each family, uh, we, we uh, have similar values, but each family has different standards. Mm -hmm. um, and... And that's okay. I mean, some people uh, allow their kids to watch some TV uh, and, you know, get on the internet. Other families say, you know, no TV, no internet. You know, we want to we wanna, uh, have you play outside or whatever, you know. And, and um, so there's just different standards uh, with the families here, but nobody's mm -hmm. trying to control things. Nobody's vetting things or saying uh, you have to wear a skirt or, you, you know, you have to dress a certain way. Um, there's, there's a great variety of, of opinions on these things. Um, and, and that's all right. You know, I think as Christians, we should have uh, the liberty, especially with our own families to set those standards according to our own God given ju judgment, you know, with the guidance of the church. Yes. Um, and so I, I think we're all trying to be faithful. We're all trying to do the right thing. We're all trying to please God and, and um, I, I think that's the important thing. And, and I, there's there's a lot of love here. There's a lot of tolerance, and uh, in the right way, not not in a you know relativistic way, but in a very uh, generous and Christian way. And I think true that's tolerance. a very healthy atmosphere. Yeah, it's a it, so it's a very healthy atmosphere, and I think mm -hmm. that's that's something that we want to maintain. Now, take us to kind of what it looks like, say, as a family living near a monastery, how does community look like on a typical Sunday morning when everyone, when people are going to Mass? Right. So when we uh, first got here, especially, there was a lot more um, activities happening just because the weather was nicer. Things are getting warm again, so I expect mm -hmm. that will pick up again. But, you know, on a, a typical Sunday morning, everyone goes to... Well, some people go to the 7 a.m. low mass, where, which is a really interesting experience because you have, you know, uh, 30 monks or more, um, or the, the ones that are priests anyway, um, you know, kind of celebrating all at the same time in different wow. altars, which is, which is really beautiful and powerful. Uh, but that's the 7 a.m. low mass, and then they have a 10 a.m. Um, high mass, which is, which is really beautiful as well. It's all Gregorian chant. Mm -hmm. um, very simple, very noble, I guess, if you could use the word, 
um, and and uh, just kind of a, a stark beauty, I guess, would be the word that I would use to describe it. You know, there's not a lot of ornate architecture or anything, but it's it's you know there's a, there's a really calm and uh, beautiful atmosphere there. And uh, so after mass, everyone just kind of spills out onto the lawn outside the the church and uh, spends time um, talking to each other and catching up and uh, comparing notes and. Um, you know, uh, like I said, in, when it was warmer out, uh, there was a lot of like uh, after mass picnics. You know, there, nice. there's, a, a, there's a family with a really large property nearby and they would frequently invite people over for, you know, a bonfire and um, an afternoon picnic. And everyone would bring their own you know, potluck style with, with everyone bringing their own food and the kids would run around and it was just a lot of fun. And so that's. You know, then there's community events like uh, every once in a while there's there's dances for feast days. Like shortly after we moved here, they had a big All Saints Day dance where they brought in a country band and uh, had a big barbecue and um, everybody <laughs> just kind of did square dances on the lawn and stuff. And so it was a lot of fun. Uh, there's so there's a there's a great community life here. Um, and you know, of course, we're not in an informal way. We do get together frequently uh, with our friends uh, that we've made in the past few months, uh, and it's it's it, we support each other. You know, my wife was was recently sick um, for for a while, and and immediately they organized a meal train and, and uh, brought meals to us for um, several weeks. So it was really really generous community here. It sounds like it, and. Uh, one thing that stood out to me in your description was talking about the All Saints dance and things like that. In many ways, it sounds like a medieval village of sorts. And if you read anything like Joseph Pieper or other great philosophers or historians, they'll go through and talk about the medieval festivus. Eamon Duffy is a great resource for that as well. But they'll talk about how the whole village had certain days that nobody, the Lord, the King, anybody could touch to feast, to celebrate, and to really enjoy each other's company. Which is something, it surprises me, with all our modern technology to connect and reach out and organize. The medieval seem to party a lot more than we moderns do, and that's always been interesting. <laughs> so it's great to hear that from you folks. Yeah, so it's just, I almost think it's a different view of the human person, you know. Uh, nowadays it's all about productivity. It's about getting things done. It's about making mm -hmm. lots of money so that we can buy lots of things. You know, it's a very very uh, utilitarian, consumeristic view of what yes. a person is for. We make money and buy toys and then we die. You know, like that's just <laughs> kind of the view. That's a very cynical way to put it. But it's it's kind of the view that a lot of people have of, of what human beings and what our purpose in life is. And, you know, the medievals, they, they, they viewed um, our ultimate destiny almost as leisure in the sense that Joseph Pieper meant it, you know, a, a not just lazing around on the couch watching Netflix, but, but true leisure, a, 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 an enjoyment of God's creation and contemplation of beauty, goodness, and truth. Um, you know, being able to create things with our hands and, and, you know, kind of that's, that's, if you think about it, that's kind of our destiny in heaven is this, this contemplation of, of God who is beauty and goodness and truth itself. Um, so, uh, I think that medieval view trickled into their, their way of life. They, they enjoyed leisure more. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't have any scholarly sources to back it up, but I've heard that, that medieval peasants only worked about half the year or even less. 
because they had so many feast days and so many mm-hmm. festivals and things um, that it really they, they had a lot more downtime than we do. Um, and I think that's a healthy thing. And so, yeah, there's that's definitely here. And I would say that, you know, that that village is forming. I wouldn't say it's fully formed yet. Sure. Um, but I, I would say that, that that's the model that we're striving towards here at Clear Creek. Yeah, that's great. And what does it look like when you decided to go ahead and move to Clear Creek Abbey and for this particular purpose? How do people usually respond to that? Because I can think uh, when I even just talk about trying to form a community, most people are like, oh, man, you're like going weird conservative hippie on me, Michael. But maybe that wasn't (laughs) your reactions. Well, I got mixed reactions. I think a lot of Catholics uh, that we knew in Wisconsin were intrigued by the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they thought it was really uh, interesting. Most of them that you know went to our parish were familiar with Clear Creek uh, just because of its reputation. Um, and so they were they were there were some people who were very excited for us. They were like, "Wow, this is awesome! I wish we could do something similar." And then there were other people who you know, kind of thought we were weird and, and thought, you know, why would you do that? Why would you move across the country to live in, you know, this, this rural area and um, live by a monastery? You know, what, what's the point? Um, and, you know, of course, there was some family that was disappointed that we were moving away. Um, and, and that has been that has been something that uh, we don't always, um, I would say, enjoy being away from our family. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there's other benefits to living here. So, um, you know, they, it was it was a mixed reaction, but I would say that there was a lot of positivity as well as a lot of questions and curiosity. Yes. And people saying, wow, I've really got to visit this place and mm-hmm. see what it's all about. And so we've actually had some friends from Wisconsin come and visit us here recently. And um, there's more that say they would like to. So, um you know, it's just a great opportunity to uh, share about the monastic life and, and really what uh, what we find attractive about living here. Absolutely. And it sounds like a wonderful place to live, certainly. It especially intrigued me when I heard that you were moving down to Clear Creek, because I know in Wisconsin there's some similar project underfoot for Holy Resurrection Monastery, the Eastern Catholic Monastery that's over there in Wisconsin. I don't know if you visited yet, have you? Oh, yeah, we went there several times. Oh, okay. Great place. Great place. Mm. Uh, yes, I, I'm familiar with quite a few of the monks. They seem, they're wonderful men, quite good guys, but, and wow, what a property. Yes, yes, it's uh, it's a beautiful monastery. I think the, the number one reason that we um, you know chose a community like Clear Creek mm-hmm. um, was just because, um, you know, I love the Byzantine uh, liturgy, the divine mm-hmm. liturgy. Uh, but my, you know, it is a different culture and it was, it's just kind of foreign for the family and, you know, having to start over and learn, relearn that, um, that, that culture and that atmosphere, which is something at this point, at least at this point in our life, we weren't, we weren't, um, uh, we weren't, we didn't feel comfortable doing, uh, but we do love the monks there, they're a great monastery. Um, and I love the fact that they stream all their liturgies on Facebook Live. Yes. So if you want to, if you want to watch some beautiful divine liturgy, um, look up Holy Resurrection Monastery on Facebook, and they have live streams of their liturgy. So I, I like to watch those. It makes me feel like I'm a part of the community, even though I'm uh, a thousand miles away at a at a, 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 a Latin rite monastery. So yes, and so 
if I remember correctly, Cuddy Creek celebrates the traditional Latin mass. Is that right? The extraordinary form? That's correct. Yes, they use the, they use the traditional missal and BVA um, that was in place uh, before the before the council. And so, how has it looked uh, to bring your kids into such a community? How has it affected them? If you've noticed anything? Well, they first of all they love living in the country. Oh um, yeah, just, you know we don't have a ton of land, but we have two acres and uh, two and a half acres, and the kids love to play outside and. Um, have they have plenty of room to run around, and we don't have to worry about them and check on them every two seconds. Um, and and so they really uh, like uh, living in the country. As far as the monastery goes, it's been funny. Is I I think they still are adjusting to mass because they don't like being quiet and still for an hour and a half. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's difficult. I mean, that's always been difficult, even when we were at mass in Wisconsin. It's just their age is three and four. It's difficult to still but they love the monks they and they're they're very excited whenever they see father abbot you know with his crozier and and his miter and everything and, oh uh, so they 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 really love uh they love the atmosphere of of seeing monks and they have a lot of uh friends there's a, a lot of young families here with kids that are similar age um and so they really enjoy that uh, so they i would say that you know overall they they like it a lot here in uh, it really has been a pretty smooth transition for them. Um, every once in a while, they'll talk about Wisconsin, but for the most part, uh, they're pretty happy uh, here. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a fa- it helps that they're young. Uh, kids are pretty resilient, and they made the adjustment pretty smoothly. So I know you and I have both published different authors who talk about, like, going to the country, you know, building these intentional communities. And in a conversation always gets back to children, and as I – did just now but also about like how their behavior changes and especially if you restrict electronic material do you do anything like that yourself or we really try to limit tv um Very you know, cool. we don't we don't let them you know we don't let them get on the internet or anything of course they're too young for that but um at this stage their big thing is they want to watch tv <laughs> um and we we really keep it to a, a minimal amount um and and we really encourage them to play outside a lot and they do and they they enjoy it um and the weather is so much nicer here that they can be out there i mean they're outside most of the winter mm-hmm. um you know there's there's been some cold days um uh, but nothing like like wisconsin so um you know we we they play in the dirt they pay you know play with sticks and leaves and rocks and they've got all sorts of little games and you know, they'll bring, they'll bring me a pile of rocks and say, this is my buried treasure and things like that. So, <laughs> you know, they, it, it's just such, so much healthier for them. I mean, I think more, um, technology is present in our lives. I think people just kind of accepted technology mm-hmm. unquestioningly and just gave it to their kids without thinking twice about it. Um, but I think more and more recently I've been seeing articles and even books coming out about the effect that technology is having on us and yes. our ability to think. Or yeah, our ability to think and concentrate, and um, and even our you know our mental health, our our our, our, uh, uh, our, our happiness level, I guess you could say, uh, is affected by our being indoors all the time. And so uh, I'm seeing you know that a new book just came out called uh, Irresistible, and talking about how addictive technology can be. Mm. So I think there's a kind of a conversation starting about maybe maybe we need to. Uh, keep te- keep technology a little more in check 
um, rather than just letting it take over our lives without questioning. Um, and so I think that's how we're trying to raise our kids is not that we're going to be um, Amish. We're going to say no technology whatsoever, but we want to keep it um, in, in a, in a uh, prudent amount. And we need to, we want to teach our kids that, you know, God made a wonderful world and we need to discover it. And that doesn't always mean looking at pictures on a screen. That means getting outside and, you know, I'm trying to teach them to notice things like we're learning the names of the birds that come in our yard and uh, we're looking at the sunset. You know, the other day we were driving in the car and the little boy said, hey, dad, look at the beautiful sunset. You know, the clouds are pink and things like that. So we're just trying to teach them to notice the beauty of nature and notice their surroundings and learn the names for things. And uh, really, I uh, appreciate God's world. And I think when when that happens... I think technology, the artificial world of technology is as much of a blessing as it can be sometimes. Um, it kind of loses its power over us. And, you know, it takes intentionality and effort to cu- cultivate that attention and that awareness. But I want to start while they're young, when they're, because they're, they're soaking everything up right now. They're like mm-hmm. little sponges. And, um, you know, if you can teach them when they're young to, to appreciate the real world, not just the virtual digital world. Uh, I think it'll go a long way to helping them to be healthier and more balanced adults. Sounds like it. I agree with you on that one 100%. And now, if I might also ask, uh, what has been for you the biggest surprise in moving closer to Clear Creek? The biggest surprise, I think, would just be... I guess I guess it's the amount of driving that we do. Just <laughs> 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 to be honest, I mean, um, I, I knew that there'd be some of that. But I also kind of had this notion that, you know, we would be like growing all our own food. No, no, I mean, we we realized that we had to ease into, you know, living off the land and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We don't want to burn ourselves out. But at the same time, you know, there's there's there are grocery stores nearby, you know, maybe 20 or 30 minutes away. Um, but, you know, we've kind of gotten used to we were spoiled in Wisconsin. In the suburbs, you've got everything at your fingertips. So we end up driving an hour to Tulsa for, for Costco and things, stocking up on things that, um, and there's other, there's other things that we have to drive to Tulsa for on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So that's an hour drive, an hour and 15 minute drive. Um, there's other things like a parish, uh, you know, the monastery doesn't do things like baptisms and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. you need to have a parish to kind of have that, that, that parish life that you can't get in a monastery. So, you know, our, our parish in Tulsa is an hour and 15 minutes away. So we're on the road a lot. We're putting a lot of miles on the, putting a lot of miles on the van. Um, and I, I can't say I expected it to the degree that um, we, we've experienced it. Uh, so I would say that's a little bit surprising. Um, but in many ways, I think the life here is very much what we expected. Um, I wouldn't say there's any rude, rude shocks or things that may us you know regret the decision to move here it's been very much um what we we, we knew what to expect and we talked to we did we had the uh, opportunity to talk to some families that lived here before we moved and we really picked their brains and asked all the questions we could think of and they gave us a very accurate picture of what life was like here hmm. uh, so that really helped us adjust our expectations and know what to expect but um, I would say, I would say, you know, we do, we are spending more time on the road than maybe we would like, um, just driving to Tulsa and such. But, uh, for the most part, 
that's a small price to pay for for living in such a beautiful area with, with such a wonderful community. So, absolutely. And to kind of wind things down, question that always gets asked in these digital communities because they almost always are around farms, unless it's like a Catholic worker house, but always near farms, and it's all. A lot of us, where you're stereotypical, we kind of like getting in the dirt and learning these things. But you mentioned the farming and, you know, having to ease into it. How has that been going? <laughs> it's been good. It's, you know, we're not, I would say farming is a much too grandiose word for what we're doing. We are doing, I would say we are supplementing our our food with what we have. We um, are getting our garden planted right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got 11, 11 chickens and two ducks and three dogs. And, <laughs> and so there's a lot of animals to feed and water. Uh, we could be adding more in the, in the future, but for this year, I think that's about it. But um, it's really great. I mean, to just go in your backyard and, you know, get nine fresh eggs a day uh, thereabouts uh, is really nice. And, Two, I think it's really good to feel responsible for um, growing things, whether that's growing an animal. We, we got baby ducks that we Aww. raised, you know, or growing growing food from the garden. Uh, it's really a miracle that I think a lot of people have lost touch with. Um, life yes. is, a, is a miracle. And, you know, when you plant a seed in the ground uh, and watch it grow and eat its fruit, it's like a – it's like a revelation. It's like it's a totally different experience than going to the grocery store and buying something in a little plastic container. Um, it's it's a you really appreciate God's handiwork a lot more, and you really appreciate um, the the miracle of of life on a whole another level. Um, and it's a, it was very exciting for us. I know it sounds silly, but it was very exciting for us the first time we went out and collected eggs from our backyard. I mean, it's, it's a very small thing. But I, for my entire life, I got eggs from the grocery store. And I didn't know where they came from. They could have come from China for all I know. You know, but I, but, you know, being able to see uh, kind of the fruits of your labors and see um, where your food is coming from is really a beautiful thing. And uh, we've really enjoyed that. And we're going to scale up slowly. You know, we'll, we might add a pig at some point and have some bacon or, uh, maybe get some goats or uh, we'll see we'll have to see but we're gonna take it slow uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna build slowly because we've heard too many stories of people who've gotten over eager uh, and gone all out and then gotten burned out um, on farming or, or even hobby farming um, and it's it you know, we, we want to be careful about it and and um, not take on more than we can handle at this point but right now I think we're in a really good place and uh, we're just going to keep taking it a, a year at a time and and see what we can add. We would like to – our big goal for next summer is to get some honeybees um, and, and have our own honey. So, Oh, that would be fun. Good, good <laughs> luck. Yeah. I, spent, I joked with my wife. I said, you know, I spent my whole childhood running away from bees, and now we want to get some and invite them into our backyard. So I don't know what we're thinking, but <laughs> it'll be, it would be great if we got some fresh honey. That would be wonderful. Oh, yeah, that would be I, – I love living near a beer, beehive. I lived near neighbors had one, and everything about it is just so cool for my – I don't – maybe I'm just a little nerdy, but I thought it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. 
All right. And finally, as we just wrap up this time, uh, Sam, if people want to learn more about you and more about your writing and your work, where can they find you? Uh, look me up at uh, catholicgentleman.net. That's catholicgentleman.net. Or you can find me on Instagram. Uh, Instagram, my username is uh, catholicgentleman. Um, Twitter is catholicgent. And then Facebook, just type in facebook.com slash the Catholic gentleman and you'll find me as well. Uh, so uh, look me up. And by the way, I would like to invite anybody who's listening to a conference we have coming up Ooh. at Clear Creek called the, it's uh, coming up in June. Um, it's called the idea of a village conference. And it's really an ongoing discussion. It's kind of, uh, we've got some great speakers lined up. Bishop Connolly from Nebraska um, and uh, a best-selling author uh, Natalia Fenalera um, and uh, Dr. John Cuddyback. Um, oh, wonderful. In one of the months from Clear Creek. It's really going to be great. It's on June 10th called uh, The Idea of a Village. If you want to buy a ticket, go to theideaofavillage.com and uh, you'll find all the details there. But it's a conference about um, these, this idea of attentional communities and um, living together uh, around a monastery, uh, what that's like. And there'll be a tour of the abbey and the dance and uh, cookout and all those things that we were talking about, as well as some great speakers. So check it out. We would love to have you. Yeah, that sounds like a great time. I'll definitely put links of that to catholicexchange.com and as well as everything we've talked about, all the books and all that. So if you're listening and you did not write anything down, maybe because you're driving and shouldn't write anything down, you can go to catholicexchange.com. You'll find all those links as well as more notes on this podcast. But Sam, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. It's been a joy having you here today, and God bless you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. God bless you.